0: Bismillah ar-Rahman ar Nahmudu Alhamdulillah Tonight is the 8th of September in the year 2023 And Alhamdulillah we spent a few sessions discussing the priceless deed of Salah So in a report in Tabarani, Sheikh Al Bani rahmatullahi stated, "Hassan in Sahih al-Tarqib number three hundred ninety-eight, Abdullah ibn Masood radhiyallahu. He said, The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he once passed by his companions radhiyallahu tarahum and he said, 'Hal tadru na ma yakulu labbaqum tabaraka wa ta'ala? Do you know what your Lord, the Most Glorified and Exalted, has said?'" He repeated this three times and every time the companion said Allah wa a'lam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger know best just open the report so this was the sunnah of the Prophet when he wanted to get a very very important point across he would follow this procedure he would repeat the statement three times so he told the companions, Do you know what your Lord, the most glorified and exalted, has said? So the sahaba responded, Allah and his messenger know best. He repeated it, they repeated it, he repeated it, they repeated it. The fourth time the Prophet ﷺ said, that Allah the Almighty and Glorious has said, wa jalali.' I swear by my honor and splendor, Whoever offers the salah on time I shall enter him into paradise.
1: Hmm.
0: and whoever offers the Salah outside of its time then I Subhanahu wa ta'ala, will pardon if I will or punish if I will
1: Hmm.
0: subhanallah so let's look at this. so this is an authentic hadith in tabarani so what did the almighty and glorious subhanahu wa ta'ala swear by now think about that does Allah the almighty and glorious need to swear by his honor no he is al-haq he is the truth the fight that he swore. I swear by my honor and my splendor. Mm-hmm. Meaning this is a qasm. Mm-hmm. Whoever offers salat on time. I shall enter him into paradise. Now think about that. Mm-hmm. Allah Tala SWore a qasm. Mm-hmm. If you offer the prayer on time. Mm-hmm. And you die in that state. Allah Tala has sworn a qasm. You will enter paradise. Mm-hmm. But then. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, But whoever offers salat outside of the time, Then I will forgive if I wish, or punish if I wish. Mm -hmm. So there's no promise. So simply put, Allah the Almighty and Glorious has promised those Muslims who guard their prayers, they will enter paradise. Mm -hmm. And those who don't guard their prayers, now look how interesting, Allah doesn't say they're not praying. Mm -hmm. He goes, they offer the salat They don't offer it on time. Mm. So they don't pray. They do kazan for no reason. They haven't got an excuse. They just miss fajr. Mm. Not bother about it. They do a kaza with zor, mm. Or they're working and they miss asr. Mm. Then Allah is his discretion. because mm. if I want, I will forgive. Why? Because salat is his right. Mm. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if I want, I will punish. Mm. So, why are you even treading that path? You should want Allah's promise to fulfill in terms of your forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Thus, the most important matter is simply to offer the five obligatory prayers in their respective times. Then of surety the divine promise can never be broken. Mm -hmm. So, again, note, it doesn't mention congregation. It doesn't mention, it just mentions on time, on time. With regards to those who should be appointed the imams, Abdullah ibn Umr, he relates that our beloved messenger instructed, وسلم, your imams are your intercessors, your representatives to Allah the Most High. Hmm. Thus, if you wish your salat should tazakku, should purify, then put forward, I the best of you. Hmm. This is in Darukutni. Kutni, the Barani in his Kabir, Behaki Hakim, Imam Ghazali in his IA, volume 1, page 367 in the chapter on the mysteries of salat and his greatness. So now this is important. Does it matter who should be the Imam? The answer is yes, it does matter. The Prophet said, They are your representatives. You've appointed somebody to speak on your behalf to who? Think about that. You've appointed, like you say, a wakil." Wokeel, you know, he's he's fighting my case. Are you going to get just any guy off the street
1: <laughs>
0: to defend you in court? <laughs> you must be off your rock, right? You're going to need somebody who knows what he's doing. So, why? Because you know it's a serious matter when you go to court. <laughs> so, similarly, your imams are your representatives. You've appointed them. Then what did the Prophet ﷺ say? If you wish your salat tazakkuhu, if you wish your Salat should purify, put ahead of you, خياريقم, the best of you. Mm-hmm. Now what's interesting about that, if you have a solid Imam leading the
1: prayer,
0: mm-hmm. the Prophet was highlighting that you're behind, you will also be forgiven. Mm-hmm. If you wish your salah, he's not the Imam now, mm-hmm. Purifies, put forward the best. <laughs> so who is the best? <laughs> the most God-fearing. <laughs> this is why there's another report. In Sahih Muslim, number 673, Nasa'i, number 781, Sahih. Sayyidina Abu Mas'ud, he relates that our beloved messenger said, salallahu alayhi wa يَا أُمُّ الْقَوْمَ أَقْرَأُهُمْ let the one who is most well-versed in the book of Allah lead the people in Salah. Aye, then the Hijrah, then the Sunnah, and finally age are mentioned. So this is the report, which is the famous report in Sahih Muslim. So what is the divine command? The one who should lead you is the one who is The most well-versed in the Quran. This is their right. Now, What does that mean? Does it mean the one who can recite the best? Or does it mean the one who is the most knowledgeable of the Qur'an? (laughs) So there's a difference of opinion. In the reference, fiqh of worship, a commentary on umdatul fiqh by Hafiz ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi, page 181 of the English translation in the notes, it mentions, the majority, the Hanafis, Malikis and Shafi'is, rahimahumullah, They state, That the one with more knowledge takes precedence over the best reciter. Mm -hmm. For you need a limited amount of the Quran during the Salah, but you need a great deal of knowledge to perfect it and to know what to do in case of error and confusion. Mm -hmm. In addition, Rasulullah assigned Abu Bakr Siddiq to be the Imam, despite others having a greater Mm recital. The i.e., and in a second view of the Shafi'is, they argue that the Hadith mentioned in the text is clear in giving precedence to the one who has a better recital. So let's break it down. So what did the Prophet say? ummul الْقَوْمَ أَقْرَأُهُمْ لِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ Let the one who is the most well-versed of the Qur'an lead the people in salah. So, could also mean the most, the best recital. Three of the Imams, they state this refers to knowledge of the Quran, not recital. Why? Because you only need a little bit of knowledge with regards to recital. Or you need a lot of knowledge to perfect it and to make sure you don't make any mistakes. Especially if you want to know the other schools of opinions as well. And the proof of that is Rasulullah. Didn't he appoint Abu Bakr as the Imam? He goes, Abu Bakr should lead the prayer. But wasn't there other greater reciters? Yes, there were. So that is a clear proof that it's knowledge. The one with knowledge goes in front, not the reciter. However, the humbleys, and there's a second view of the Shafis, they state, no. The one with the better recital has the right to lead the prayer. Because the wording is, So there's a difference of opinion. So, why is that important to highlight here? Because we want our sins to be forgiven. We want the best to represent us. So, who are the best, according to the majority, the most knowledgeable? But like I mentioned, knowledge isn't just memory. You know, it's to do with taqwa, it's to do with haya, it's to do with the fruit of knowledge that I mentioned a few sessions back. This is what knowledge is. In fact, in one hadith in Tabarani, the Prophet ﷺ, he said that if you pray behind the righteous man, it's like you've prayed behind the Prophet. Mm-hmm. That's an amazing report for the Prophet ﷺ. So, we can never pray behind the Prophet. That, that rank is gone. Mm-hmm. Even when Christ returns, you know, he returns as an Imam, you know, a, a, a ruler. His nabut status in terms of his prophetic role is
1: finished.
0: Mm-hmm. So, That is pure grace by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, if you pray behind a righteous soul, the Prophet said, it's like you've prayed behind the Prophet. Look at the loss. When you put anybody in front, imagine they put him in front. And somebody goes, you brother, you should try to put the best. Why? Because I want my sins to be forgiven and I want to be praying behind the Prophet in terms of a reward. So note, the knowledge is the majority. Indeed, such is a noble imam's auspiciousness that it is related. A man asked, Ya Rasulullah lead me to a deed whereby I shall enter paradise. The Prophet said, become a muazzin, do the azan." He replied, I cannot. Then he said, become an imam. He pleaded again, he goes, I can't be an imam. (laughs) Then the Prophet said Offer Salah directly behind the Imam Subhanallah This is in Bukhari in his Tarikh Tabarari in his Ausat Imam Ghazali in his ihya Volume 1, page 367 in the chapter On the mysteries of Salat and his greatness So this was the question Million dollar question One deed takes me to paradise Who better to ask? He asked the Prophet So he goes Become a Muazzin Do the Azan." He goes I can't now, what did he mean by that? What he probably meant was, I haven't got a nice voice, ya Rasulullah, because you you are inviting people and you invite people in the best. So he was, you know, he said I can't. So the Prophet goes, fine, become an Imam, lead the prayer. Again, he pleaded, you know, he pleaded, you know, that he couldn't do it, meaning I haven't got knowledge and maybe this that. So he put his excuses forward. The third thing the Prophet told him, he couldn't escape. <laughs> Offer salat directly behind the Imam. That is such a deed that makes you worthy of paradise. Mm. Now why is that? It's the Imam, your cake. I've just told you, praying behind the Prophet. If you've got a righteous man in front of you, you're standing right behind him, think Allah doesn't even peed But, this is important. That is a spot that should be given to the learned. Mm. Why? Because if the Imam makes a mistake, the learned are right behind him. If the learned are further away, the Imam might not hear them, or, you know, etc., etc. So, how do we act upon this hadith? You know, a person asks me, because Well, I want to stand behind the Imam. And the response is, We've reached a time now where it's easy to play behind the Imam. It's not like you're fighting for that spot now, is it? It's straightforward, and nobody's, nobody's there to you know, have a go at you. That's number one. And number two, even if there are learned people, then you could just simply make that intention. Mm-hmm. You're thinking, I wanted to pray behind the Imam, but MashaAllah, Muna was here, so he took the spot. No problem. In fact, there's another thing you can do. The hadith is recorded in Tabarani. The Prophet wasallam said, if you step back and let a person take your spot in the front row, you will get two rewards. Mm-hmm. So now, what does that mean? The Prophet wasallam said in Sayyih Bukhari, that if you knew what the reward was for the front row, he goes, you would draw lots. So there's a contradiction. There's an apparent contradiction between that hadith and this hadith. There's no contradiction. The hadith in Tabarani is highlighting the situation where you're behind the Imam, but you see a learned person. So you're thinking, he should be behind the Imam. So you look back and you say, please, mullah al you go forward, I'll stand back. And by doing that, you'll get two rewards, the Prophet said but it doesn't just mean any tongue dick can hurry. you look back come on you don't go in front right it means that you look so obviously if there's a learned person or there's a pious person then do go in front you'll get two rewards however that's their understanding of that hadith but that spot is priceless think about that so now question if you pray behind the imam and paradise is yours what's the reward for the imam the people don't realize and also highlighting the rewards of congregation all of this is lost if you pray at home. You imagine, what well, have you lost? Where do you start, brother? You know, comes out. You've lost out on this, you've lost out on this, you've lost out. He doesn't even realize where he lost out, but you prayed. Note, like I mentioned, these opportunities are lost if one does not offer the salat in congregation. Now, the Imam, another important point. The following is an important ruling for the Imams to bear in mind. So, this is for the Imams. Sayyidina Al-Mughira Ibn Shu'ba He released that our beloved messenger said وسلم, if the Imam begins to stand up after the second raqat I without sitting for tashahud but then remembers before he has stood fully upright then he should sit down however if he has already stood fully upright he should then not sit back but should at the end make two prostrations of forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Abu Dawood number 1036, and Shaykh Al Bani authenticates it in As Sahihah number 321. So the Imam, it's a three rakat prayer, Fard Maghrib, or a four rakat Fard prayer, Zor, Asr, or Isha. He's forgot to sit, so he's actually getting up for the third rakat. The Prophet said, if he remembers before he has stood up fully, Mm. so he's going up and he hasn't stayed his bike. The Prophet said he should sit back down, Mm. go back to the city. But if he stands fully upright, he doesn't return. Mm. Even if you remember, Mm. you offer the two prostrations of forgetfulness. So this is the authentic hadith in Abu Dawud. So now the fiqh. It is clarified in Al Muhni Ma'al Sharh Al Qabir 1.677. If someone stands up for the third rakat, forgetting the tashahud, then one of three scenarios applies. So you're offering it as the imam, or even yourself, you know, you might forget yourself.
1: There's
0: only three possibilities. Firstly, if he remembers before standing up straight, he should return to Tashahut, which is mentioned in the Hadith. Hmm. Secondly, if he remembers after having stood up straight and before starting the recital of Fatiha, hmm. it is better for him not to sit. But if he sits, his Salat will be valid. Hmm. And thirdly, if he remembers it after the recital of Fatiha, then he is not allowed to return to the tashahud. This is why fiqh is so important. People go straight to the hadith. Right? Then you go, hadith, sahih hadith. what does it say? Uh, if you have, if you stood fully upright, don't say But if you not stood fully upright, then you should say it. So what's the ruling? And then you get that glazed look from things. I'm just giving you the hadith. Because yeah, you give me a hadith, but that's not a ruling, is it? Then they'll argue with you because the Prophet said it. And he goes, yes, I know the Prophet said it, but what's the ruling? <laughs> Here's the ruling. What does it say? First, if you remember before standing up straight, you are turned with the shafal. <laughs> That's the way forward, the hadith. You take it literally. <laughs> but there's a second possibility. This is where you've blown it, if you haven't got knowledge. <laughs> you remember, but you've remembered when you stood So if you take the Hadith literally, can you go back down? No. Mm. But what what does it mention? You haven't started Fatiha. So you stood up and you remembered. Then it says, it's better for you not to sit. Because of the Hadith. Mm. But if you sit, your prayer is valid. Mm. Let me ask you a question. Is that what the Hadith says? This is why the Imams are there to protect you. And then thirdly, if you remember it after reciting Fatiha in the third, then of course you're not allowed to return to the the Tashahat. So this is the ruling. The other thing is, if the Imam makes a mistake, the people, the Muqtadis, the people offering prayer behind, this is what always happens. They don't even know basic knowledge. Allah Akbar. Right? So why are you saying Allah Akbar? Because I want the Imam to get up. The Prophet said, you say subhanallah. Mm-hmm. You don't say Allahu Akbar. And this is what always happens. You, imam makes a mistake. Two or three Allahu Akbar. Two or three Subhanallah. What's the poor Imam thinking? Because what's happening? Is this third azan taking place. Mm-hmm. Right? Only say subhanAllah. Now another disaster. Mm-hmm. If you say Allahu Akbar, you've spoken. Mm-hmm. And you've spoken without necessity. Mm-hmm. Go and ask the scholars now Whether your play is valid <laughs> Think about that You only say subhanallah To get the imams attention Now another thing that could happen Sometimes you are quite certain The imams made a mistake So you're thinking he's made a mistake So you say subhanallah If the imam ignores you That's it Leave it at that. <laughs> Because he now thinks I haven't made a mistake You've made a mistake <laughs> But then you get the ignorance again. The person starts doing it two or three times. Subhanallah, subhanallah. He's not deaf, right? He's heard you once. Subhanallah. If the imam ignores you, then afterwards you can politely ask him after. He goes, I'm sure you made an error, uh, Imam says, is it me? And if he goes, no, I didn't make an error. He's the imam. Don't argue with it. You know, it happens. He's the imam on the day of judgment. You know, I've done what I'm supposed to do. Allah is not going to question me now. He's the imam. And if he has made a mistake You know The responsibility is on him Class mm-hmm. So again note If the imam makes a mistake You say subhanallah Simple as that yeah. the other, And that's why They should be the learned Behind the imam If he's in the third Fourth, fifth off, mm-hmm. Is the imam going to hear it? Mm-hmm. Unless he's got You know mic. Subhanallah right? and, goes, <laughs> and sometimes The poor imam gets confused Because there's couple subhanallah <laughs> He goes Shall I, go I go back What's happening? Don't confuse him. <laughs> <laughs> Astaghfirullah. And the other funny thing, which is worth mentioning, after the prayer is finished, the imam's looking to say who said it. And then everybody says, <laughs> Why? Because they think, we don't want to get chopping blood. We might have made a mistake ourselves. So only if you're certain, correct. But not hear the ruling. I gave you the Hadith. But the ruling is, that if he stands up, and he hasn't recited Fatiha, it is better for him not to go back to so the Hadith. But if he does, the prayer is valid. <laughs> so now another question, just to wrap this up. So you made a mistake. You haven't straightened your bike. You've gone back down. Do you need to do a prostration of forgetfulness? Because the Imam, because he hasn't, you know, he's not gone into the next position. He's actually gone back down. So does he need to do a prostration of forgetfulness? I was going to ask that question. <laughs> uh, I think maybe yes, because a slight lapse, but I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> So logically, you would think there's going to be a prostration of forgetfulness. If the imam has uh, strained his back. Yes. No. No, if he straightens his back and he stays in that position, then he knows he's made a mistake. Then it's definitely a frustration. Why? Because the Prophet said it. The Prophet said, if he has already fully stood up upright, he should not sit, should make two frustrations of forgetfulness. We're talking about the situation where he's corrected himself. He's actually come up. Without straightening Yeah, his back. and then he comes without back. Yes, without straightening. And he comes I, I think. The response here is he doesn't need to do prostration of forgetfulness. If he does do it, there's no harm. Right? And the reason the scholars say there's no harm is because there is a view, though it's a minority, that he needs to do it. But the majority, I believe, say no, he doesn't need to do the prostration of forgetfulness. So why am I talking about, why am I mentioning these rulings? Because salat is an occupation. When somebody is appointed the imam, he needs to know this. Right? And sometimes, you know, you might know your own fig really well, but you don't know another person's fig. And that leads to problems. For example, you might recite a verse of prostration. So now if there's a verse of prostration, you go to sujood. But some of the imams don't go into luku. They miss the prostration. So in this situation, why did you go into luku, I mean, sujood? Why did you recite a verse of prostration? You're causing confusion. So note again, that's why the imam should be well acquainted with the different rulings. So nobody, you know, you don't end up having an argument in the masjid that like people do. Astaghfirullah. But of course, the book stops with the imam. And it is, the Prophet said, he is your representative. He is responsible. You are free from any uh, responsibility thereafter. Are there any questions, for that? سبحانه بيحمد إسم الله عللهم بيحمد رقائش روايل أخى إلا أن تستفرق أتوب إليك أذبح اللهم